Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 3 John chapter 1 and I'll meet me at verse 2. 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. And the word of the Lord says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And so over the last several weeks, well, actually started last week, we were talking about prosperity in our soul. We called it a prosperous soul. And you can get that message online, Apple, Google, wherever the case may be, YouTube. You can listen to that message, A Prosperous Soul. And I want to continue today talking about a prosperous soul. And today we're going to call the message, The Miracle of a Sound Mind. The Miracle of a Sound Mind. Now John tells us here, beloved or beloved, the greatest prayer that he has, the greatest desire that he has is that we prosper and be in health, even as or in direct proportion to our soul prospering. So our prosperity, our advancement, our success, our flourishing, our thriving on the outside and our health in our body is in direct proportion or in direct correlation to our to the prosperity of our soul. And so God is requiring that our soul prospers. Now, we don't use this word soul every single day. Uh, it's not a word that, you know, you talk about at work or, at, you know, you talk to your friends. Rarely does the word soul come up. But your soul consists of your mind, which is your attitude, your thoughts, your philosophy, your way of thinking, your will, which is your appetites, your cravings, your desires, and your emotions, which include your feelings. And so this word soul is a word that we can spend all day really exhausting because it includes the core really of who we are. Uh, it is, uh, it is, it is our seat of our emotions. It's, it's who we really are that is, uh, confounded with, uh, our mind. A matter of fact, it is dominated by our mind. Our soul is dominated by our thoughts. Your soul are your thoughts. Matter of fact, you are your thoughts. Uh, I could, I could tell you who you are, but you would only believe who you are through your thoughts. I could tell you that you're, that you are wealthy and I could tell you that you are loved and I could tell you that you, are a blessing, but if you don't think that way, then you are going to be who your thoughts tell you you are. Um, a matter of fact, the proverb says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He is who he thinks he is. And so the thoughts are a vital part of our life. Everything and everyone is after your thoughts. Everything and everyone is after your thoughts because your thoughts determine what you feel. You feel a certain way because you think a certain way. Let me say it again. 
if you are always feeling tired, it's because your thoughts are consistent with tired thoughts. Let me give you a practical example. When I go work out and sometimes I go to a workout class and we are doing squats and it's up, down, up, down. And she'll say something like, come on, give me 18 squats. Well, shoot, that sounds like a lot of a lot of squats at the moment after I didn't done 18 already. And give me another 18. And, and then you get done with 18 and she said, come on, I need six more. OK, my mind says I'm done. But my body says we can get six more in. See, what happens is your mind is telling you you're done. And what I try to do in these workout classes, I try to go mindless. <laughs> I try to just not think and, and really try to clear my mind. And if they say do 24 push-ups, my mind says that you can't do 24 push-ups at, at a time. And then next thing I know, I can do it. Why? Because you can do more than you think you can do. You can do more than you think you can do. And so your thoughts determine your feelings. Your feelings will determine your actions. And your consistent action is going to create a habit. That habit will determine your character. And your character will lead you to a destination. And so if you want to change where you end up, if you want to change where you arrive, you're going to have to change your habits. And if you're going to change your habits, you're going to have to change your actions. If you're going to change your actions, you're going to have to change your feelings. And if you're going to change your feelings, you're going to have to change your thoughts. Everything and everyone is after your thought life. Everything and everyone is after your mentality. Because if someone could gain access to your thought life, they can control your life. If something can gain access to your thought life, they can control your life because you are going to act out what you think. If you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can. And so I have been developing over the last few weeks, really all of my life, but been focused over the last, all of my Christian life, all of my saved life, let me say that, uh, developing who I am in Christ, developing what he says about me, trying to gain an understanding of his word so I can gain an understanding of who I am. Matter of fact, this word is a mirror. This word is showing you who you are. And so if I can dive into the word of God, I can see who I am and then I can think like God thinks and then I can have what God says I can have. And so many of us want the promises of God and they are not automatic. They are contingent upon faith in God and your faith in God is going to be in proportion to how you think about God. And we're going to have to change the way we think. And I've heard this in my heart for years, and I'll say it again. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. We're going to have to constantly think in terms of victory and success. We're going to have to constantly think in terms of victory and success. Because everything and everyone is telling you you are a victim. 
Everything is everyone is telling you that you are broke. Everything and everyone is telling you that you are busted and disgusted. And if you look at social media, they're telling you that your life is not like my life. And if you look at and if you listen to the news, they're telling you that everything is so bad and it ain't as bad as they say it because they are selling fear and fear sells. And so if they can sell fear, it can impact your mind. And when it begins to impact your mind, it'll begin to impact your feelings and then impact your actions. And then your actions are in direct proportion to how you think about something. Too often as parents, we try to control behavior. But what we really need to do is find out why, why little Johnny is behaving that way. It's because he's thinking a certain way about it. So we need to address what is little Johnny thinking so that then we can help him change his behavior. And too often we are addressing behavior. Now, little Johnny, if he steals something, he need, he need, he need a spanking. And then we can figure out what he's thinking. Are, are you listening to me? Spare the rod, spoil the child. At the same time, though, if we keep going after behavior and not after a thought life, we're not going to see change behavior. And so we got to figure out why we are acting the way we're acting. We got to figure out why we're responding the way we're responding. And we have to determine why we're feeling the way we're feeling. And it's solely because of our thought life. When I am feeling down, I, I have started to ask myself, what am I thinking? And I'm thinking something terrible and I'm feeling down. It, it, it's all about your thought life. It's all about your perspective. And John is telling us, I wish above everything that you prosper, that you advance, that you succeed and you grow and that you be in health. But it's not going to happen from the outside in. It's going to happen from the inside out. Your soul is going to have to prosper. And many of us need to detox our soul. We need to get rid of the poisons that our soul has received from our five physical senses. We've received negativity. It's impacted the way we think. And then we begin to act out the way we think. I'm starting to think big thoughts because I want to receive big things from God. I want to have bigger thoughts than I'm having. Don't think of yourself uh, just always working nine to five for the rest of your life. Begin to think, you know, God's put a desire in my heart and he wants me to start a business. He wants me to help humanity, whatever the case may be. You begin to think in that way. And then you begin to think, why can't I do this? I, I, I look around and I see what other people are doing. I'm like, well, they're doing this, that, this, that, and the third. And, and automatically, I think, well, I can't do that. Why can't I do it? It's very possible that I have not found the promise from the Lord. I've not put that promise from the Lord on the inside of my heart. Begin to meditate that, and we're going to talk a little bit about that next week, and begin to formulate a picture of God doing things in my life, and manifestation will show up that others will see it. See, 
if you don't have insight first, then you won't see manifestation out there. You got to see it on the inside. And John is telling us, this is guy was the closest person to Jesus when Jesus walked the earth. He says, you're going to have to prosper in your soul. Now, I want to talk this morning about a man who did not take control of his thoughts. And it's found in Mark chapter five. So open your Bible to Mark chapter five. And we're going to start in verse one. And we're going to talk about a man who did not take control of his thought life. Watch this. Verse one. Then they came to the other side of the sea, the country of Gadarenes. Now, pause. Look at me before I go to verse two. In Mark chapter four, verse 35, Jesus in Mark chapter four has been preaching all day. Verse 35, he says, let's go to the other side. Now, they have arrived at the other side, but before they got to the other side, he had to deal with some activity. When he got into a boat to go to the other side, the wind started blowing, the waves started blowing, water started getting into the boat. The disciples were scared because they thought they were dying out in the middle of the sea. And gee, they woke him up and Jesus begins to rebuke the wind, which is an unseen force. You know, you can talk to unseen forces. He began to rebuke the wind, and then he said to the sea, peace be still. And then the, the waves died down. The wind stopped. The waves died down. The issue was the wind causing the waves, but that's another ser- sermon. The waves died down. It settled down. Everybody said, oh, my gosh, who is this man that he can control the wind and the waves? Now we pick up in Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea. Now let's look at verse 2. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So let's pause. The boat has just arrived at land. They've tied the boat up. They're getting out of the boat. And this man with an unclean spirit runs up on them. Look at verse 3. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains. Let's pause here. So this man lives among the tombs. And no one could bind him. He's so strong, he couldn't even be bound with chains. This man had an unclean spirit. And I'll show you later, but I'll introduce it now. This spirit got on him through his thoughts. Now, I'm going to tell you why we know this. Because your mind is the control center of your life. Your mind. we, We hear when people do crazy things, we say they are mentally insane. Right? That's what we say. They're sick in the brain. One old song was insane in the membrane. (laughs) Who did that song, Brian? Insane in the membrane. You, we, we say that when someone is doing crazy stuff. They're mentally ill. Because the mind is the control center of your life. And if you will allow and continue to allow negativity, worry, concern, stress, and the cares of the world to enter into your mind, you are susceptible 
to be controlled by all of that negativity. You become a candidate for an entrance of the wicked one. Now, personally, I may be getting ahead of myself. I don't believe a believer can be demon possessed. You have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. Ain't no demon can live in there with the spirit of God. God's spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit and his spirit lives in you and the demon can't live in you and 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 a de- and, a, and the spirit of God. It just can't happen. However, a spirit can go after your mind. And if his thoughts and his words begin to attack your mind, then he has access to dominate your behavior. He has access really to control your behavior if he can get to your mind. This is why everyone and everything is after your mind. God himself is after your mind. He wants you. This is why he says, renew your mind to the word of God because we're all after our mind. It's what controls our life. And so here, let's go back to verse three, Mark chapter five, verse three. This man lived among the tombs. Now, he is so insane in his thinking that he lives among the graveyard. He lives amongst the dead. Now, I know you're thinking, "Woo, he's crazy. You are not that far away from living amongst the tombs. Matter of fact, many of you got the spirit of God and you live in nice homes and you are depressed living in a nice home with the Spirit of God because of negativity entering into your mind. And that negativity can begin to be a stronghold in your thinking and will begin to control your life. You can literally have all your bills paid, be in health, and be sick in your mind. Living in a nice home, sitting in your jacuzzi, sipping on some sweet tea (laughs) and have suicidal thoughts, wanting to kill yourself. Oh, look at this verse. Let's look at verse three. He has living among the tombs. No one can bind him. He's so strong, not even with chains. Let's look at verse four. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains have been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Let's pause. This man is so far gone and he is so strong that he can't be tamed by shackles and chains. But in your mind, you can be so far gone living in a nice house in your jacuzzi, sipping on some sweet tea And your tongue is cutting your spouse to pieces. Your tongue is cutting your family members to pieces. Your tongue is stinging your friends that no one wants to be around you. And from the outside, it looks like you're doing well. But because you've allowed negativity to come into your mind and you've meditated on this negativity, you are now being controlled by your thoughts. And it's your fault. Don't blame the devil. It's your fault. And so you may not be cutting yourself, but you might be cutting other people. Uh, You may not be uh, strong enough to pull chains apart, but you might be struggling sleeping at night. You may not be the one that's running around amongst the tombs 
but you could be the one sleeping in nice silk sheets. You know, I just found out that sheets have numbers on them. You know, the better the number, the more comfortable they are. Glory to God. I found it out. We've been sleeping good. Hallelujah. This, this is a side note. Side note. They say you spend 26 hours, or sorry, 26 years of your life in the bed. You might as well get you a nice bed, get you some good sheets and be comfortable in that bed. Somebody say, amen. Now let's look at verse five. Look at verse five. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs. Watch this. Crying out and cutting himself with stones. How many of you are just crying always, night and day? You're just crying, crying, crying. You're emotional about unemotional things. You're just crying and you're sad and you're depressed and you are feeling down and you're feeling stale and you're feeling weak and you're feeling insignificant and you feel like no one loves you and my spouse doesn't love me and my pastor, you know, doesn't love me and my kids don't love me and my job doesn't love me and my parents don't love me and my congregation doesn't love me and you feel this way because these are demonic thoughts that are trying to enter in and tell you a lie. Matter of fact, when the devil's talking, he's lying. He's lying. And this man is crying and cutting himself. And look at verse six. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. Come on, somebody. When he saw Jesus, he took off running towards his answer, his solution. And he worshiped him. Let's look at verse seven. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what, high, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Let's look at verse eight. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Now let's pause here. This is a situation where one verse came before the other. Jesus said to the man when he ran up to him, come out. You unclean spirit, unclean spirit. Then the man responded. Go back to verse seven for me, guys. This is when the man responded to Jesus saying, uh, come out. He says, what have I to do with you, Jesus of the most high God? I implore you by God that you don't torment me. What is this demon talking about? Let me explain to you. Now, at this point, Jesus is a man walking the earth. He is God, but he is also man. And the people don't recognize him as God. Matter of fact, the people crucified him. Fast forward. He wasn't crucified because he did so many miraculous miracles and signs. He wasn't crucified because he opened blind eyes. He wasn't crucified because he healed the sick and raised the dead. He was crucified because he said, I'm the son of God. And they crucified him. So here's Jesus. Let's Let's uh, digress. Here's Jesus walking the earth. He has disciples. They don't even fully know who he is. They don't fully know who he is. He's walking around hanging with them. They know they've seen good stuff, but they don't know who Jesus is. They were amazed at what happened when he spoke to the wind and said to the sea. They were amazed by it. They don't know who he is. And all of a sudden, they 
they approach a man who's been dominated by negativity, who is now possessed by a demon. And this demon says, you're not fooling me. I know who you are. You are God in the flesh. I know exactly who you are. You're the son of God. I know these humans don't know, but I know who you are. You are God. And he says, I implore you by God. Do not tell me this, 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 this demon is beseeching God <laughs> for mercy. Now, why is it? Because your enemy knows more about their finality than you do. Your enemy knows how much they are defeated than you do. Your enemy knows that they only have a sliver of time to operate in their life. And what happens here, they don't know everything. So when they saw God in the flesh, in the form of Jesus, they were like, oh my gosh, it's not time yet. We have more time. God, we have more time. Wait, wait, it's not time. It's not time because they know the end. It's not time yet. See, Jesus is coming back again. And when he comes back again, time's up. Time's up. But when they see him the first time, they're like, whoa, 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 wait. I thought we had more time. Oh, my gosh, don't torment me. And the disciples, I better wonder, like, what in the world is going on in this conversation here? He's, what? He's the son of God? What? They have no clue. Look at verse 8. He says, come out of man, you unclean spirit. Let's go to verse 9. Then he asked him, Jesus asked him, what is your name? Now, we have no other instances in Scripture where Jesus asked a demon what their name is. But I want to show you something here. What is your name? And the demon answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Let's pause here and look at me. If a demon's talking, what is he doing? His name ain't no Legion. <laughs> that ain't his name. Matter of fact, he tried to punk Jesus here. <laughs> he tried to intimidate Jesus. First of all, he implored to God for mercy. Now he's trying to intimidate Jesus, say, listen, uh, I got a whole posse of people with me, brother. <laughs> My name is Legion. I got, a, I got a lot of people here. You better leave me alone. I'm, I'm Legion. I got a lot of folks with me, and you better not mess with me. And Jesus said to him, not today, Satan. <laughs> not today. This, this demon talking about my name is Legion. For we are many. He tried to he tried to intimidate him. Like Jesus is gonna be like, oh my gosh, I'm scared of Legion. <laughs> Let me get on out of here. How many of you say is with you? Jesus don't care about none, none, none of that. Don't care about none of that. Matter of fact, I want to jump ahead. We're gonna come back here to Mark chapter 9, but go to Luke chapter 9, verse 1. I'm gonna jump ahead real quick. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Watch this. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. Somebody shout power, power. and authority. Somebody shout authority. authority over all. Somebody shout all, all demons and to cure diseases. Now watch this. Jesus gave the disciples power and authority. That's the right to command and the right to control over all. All demons and to cure diseases. If it was God's will for you to be sick with a disease, why would Jesus give us power over disease? If we were supposed to be scared of demons, 
Why did Jesus give us power and authority over demons? Let's go back to Mark chapter 5. I want to finish here in verse 10. Pick up at verse 10. Mark chapter 5 and verse 10. Now understand, he lied, talking about his name is Legion, for we are many, tried to punk him, tried to intimidate him. And then all of a sudden, he cowered back to what, what his state is really is, which is a defeated foe. It says, he begged them earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. So they, they, they know who Jesus is. And if you allow it, I might talk about this on Wednesday night. They know who you are, too. Mm, we'll talk about that because you carry the name. It's not because you look good. Not because you're beautiful. You got, it's not even because of the money you got. It's because you carry the power and the authority of Jesus to cast out demons. And what you are really casting out is spirits. And what you are really casting out is strongholds in the demonic thought realm. And I'm going to show you how to do that. Let's look at verse 11. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. Verse 12. So all the demons begged them, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. Now, they want to get out of the man now and get into these, these pigs, unclean animals, these pigs. Look at verse 13. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Let's look at verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that happened. Now, pause before we go to verse 15. I want to talk about this for a second. I personally believe, why did Jesus send these demons into the swine? Why didn't he send them into the abyss? Why didn't he, uh, you know, torment them, send them back to the place where they were? Well, one, you have to understand that in the, the realm of the spirit, the sa Satan has, uh, or let me say it this way, Satan is referred to the God of this world. And he has, listen to me, he has a lease on the earth through the sin of Adam and Eve, more specifically Adam. And he, there's a lease. So there has been time that he has been allotted to run rampant on the earth. But he has no authority over you and I. And I'll show you that later. He has no authority over you and I. But there are other folks running around under his authority, doing what he wants them to do. But he has no authority over you and I. But there's a time frame where he has on the earth. And I believe that these demons wanting to get out of this man because they knew Jesus had the power and authority to cast them out. They asked to go on the swan. I believe Jesus permitted it. And I'll tell you why. Because the people needed to see that what was in this man has been cast out into these swine. So they needed to see that Jesus had power and dominion over the demonic realm. That what was in this man 
is no longer in this man, it's in the swine, and the swine ran out. And people needed to recognize that it wasn't just this man acting crazy. This man was full of demons that he allowed to come in through his thoughts. And when I casted the demons out, they left. And the man, watch this, now go to verse 15, if you don't mind. Mark chapter 5 and verse 15. Then they came to Jesus, all of these people. And they saw, this is important, they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. So immediately, when Jesus cast those demons out of the man into the swine, immediately that man was in his right mind. So you can say that prior to the demons being cast out, he was in his wrong mind. He, he had something controlling his thought life, which was controlling his behavior and actions. But when he approached Jesus, those thoughts, those demons, that stronghold had to leave and the man was in his right mind. This is the miracle of a sound mind. When you give your life to Jesus, when you give your thought life to Jesus, when you turn over your thoughts and lives to Jesus, he immediately puts you in the right mind. Glory to God. Somebody shout, I'm in the right mind. Now, now, now this is, this is important because I told you I want to show you. Why didn't it say the man was sitting there free of demons? Why did it say that he was in his right mind? Because I submit to you that these demons is, what's, is what caused the wrong mind. And they came in through the realm of your thoughts. So you need to begin to think about what you're thinking about. Let me say it again. You have to think about what you're thinking about. Um, full disclosure. How many of you have had some negative thoughts that just came out of nowhere? I mean, absolutely out of nowhere. Demonic thoughts. And if you begin to meditate them, you'll begin to see yourself doing what those thoughts suggested that you do. And then they become, a, they become a stronghold in your life. And then you give yourself access to the demonic realm. I don't want to scare you. I want to enlighten you. And you'll begin to do what the thought suggested that you'll do. Why do good people do bad things? I just told you why. Came in through their thought life. They meditated it and they did it. I've had some of the dumbest thoughts. I remember one time we needed to get some out of the garbage disposal and I couldn't get my hand in there. And you know, you know, it's garbage disposal, you turn in something in there, right? A screw, a nail, something's in that garbage disposal. I couldn't get my hand in there. I said, Stacy, put your hand in there. And she put her hand to get it out. She don't like doing that, by the way, but you know, I said, you got to, you got to put your hand in there. And, and she put her hand in and the thought said, turn the garbage disposal on. What did that, was that me? No, no. Why would I want to hurt my wife? Demonic thoughts. Here's what happens. 
good Christian folks. I had a thought, that must be God. Let me turn it, let me turn it on. And they do a demonic activity because Satan was after their mind to gain access to their life. And so you and I, in order to have a sound mind, we are going to have to secure our thought life. We're going to have to think about what we're thinking about. We're going to have to monitor what comes in so that we can have a guard set over our thoughts and not allow it to come in. There are certain things I don't listen to anymore. I used to enjoy rap music. Can't do it anymore. Make me want to hate, make me want to hurt somebody and kill somebody. Some of you listening to some uh, sexual music and make you want to cheat on your spouse or go and commit fornication. I know it get quiet up in here. But those are thoughts. Pastor being legalistic. I'm trying to gain, get you to get control of your life. These thoughts come in. And, and, and this, it, it happens very slow. It happens real, real slow where something can get introduced. You know, lying, you cannot be just like the devil until you start lying. When you start lying, you are just like him. But we get these thoughts come in. Well, you get in trouble, just go ahead and tell a little, and tell a little lie to get out of that. You know, I mean, just, I mean, just, just, you know, just, just say that. I mean, who cares? You know, it's a, and then you start lying and you become just like him. And then next thing you know, you'll be lying about bigger because it was easy to lie about that. You'll be lying about this. And then you're going to be a liar. Then you can't be trusted because you're a liar. And if there's something that I got, just, I got to tell y'all, if there's something I can't, I cannot deal with a liar. I can deal with somebody that have anger issues. I can deal with somebody cheating on their spouse. But if you start lying to me, I got some issues with that. Because I can't, I can't depend on nothing you say. And I can, I can, I can get the liars right away. I, I got liar, liar radar. He lying. And I, and this is what happens. Like, I already know. You know what I'm talking about? When you get the lying, you that's, that's just like the enemy. Now, I, I am a minister, I'm patient and kind, I help people and we free people and so on and so forth. But when you get the lying, man, I can, I can detect it right away. And that's more, you're not more like the devil than you are when you start lying. Now, when you allow these thoughts and you begin to meditate these thoughts, and like we mentioned earlier, thoughts that, you know what, these thoughts come to me, you're, you know, Oh, you're just, you're insignificant. You know, you're not making any difference. Uh, they come, you know, just stay in the bed. I woke up this morning, ready to preach the word to you, and the thought said, just stay in the bed today because, you know, what you're going to say is not going to be significant. And the people, they're going to do whatever they want to do anyway. And you just stay in the bed. These are thoughts that come. It's not me, they're thoughts. People are quitting marriages, relationships, jobs, family because a thought was introduced. And they begin to meditate on the thought and they separated themselves from what God had for them because of thoughts. And we've got to understand and we've got to realize that the enemy is coming in. And if he can come in through our thought life, 
which he can if we don't guard our minds, he can control our life. And you can see a demon controlling a believer, not possessed, but he has their thoughts. And he begins to do and believer doing what the demon wants them to do because he's controlled their thoughts. But we have power over our thoughts. Somebody say, I have a sound mind. Somebody say, I have a safe mind. Somebody say, I have a secure mind. Somebody say, I have a sane mind. Somebody shout, I have the mind of Christ. This is what we do. We begin to say, when thoughts begin to come, we begin to say things. There's things that I say, I have written down, that I put in my reminders. And one of the things I say, I gave you an example, one of them I say is, my voice makes a difference. And it pops up on my phone. When the enemy tells me, you, you ain't making no difference, this reminds me, my voice is making a difference. Amen. You need to get some things when they tell you, you're not, nobody loves you. You need to have some reminders pop on your phone, on your phone. Your kids love you. When you, when, when, when you, when you feeling bad down, you need to have a reminder. My, your best friend loves you. <laughs> when these thoughts begin to come, you begin to feel a certain way. You need to put some reminders in your phone. I'm trying to give you some practical ways to remind you. And you need to put some reminders in your phone that just simply says, my husband loves me. He loves me. Amen. Amen. And when you begin to do this, you are taking control of your thought life. They say that we think. Upwards of 86,000 thoughts a day. And you know most of them are negative. And if we dwell on them, it's going to cause us to behave and to act a certain way. But you have control over your thought life. Take control of, of your... Watch what you are listening to. Because they come in through your eye gate and your ear gate. Watch what you're saying. Don't listen to mess that's telling you it's okay to cheat on your spouse. Don't listen to that mess. Don't listen to mess that's telling you, you know, it's okay to, to, you know, do this, that, or the third. I got so many examples running through my mind. I'm just being real careful what I say. Don't, don't, don't listen to that because you'll slowly and start gradually Going that direction. Your life will go in the direction of your most dominant thought. And the enemy knows that. But we have power and authority over the enemy. And we have a sound, sane, safe, and secure mind. I constantly think in terms of victory and success. I constantly think in terms of provision. I constantly think in terms of more than enough. I constantly think in terms that God is with me. And when you begin to think this way, you begin to believe what you think. And then you begin to believe what you say. And then you begin to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. 
You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.